With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Yes, that silence was a little bit of respect for the absolutely dire week we've had in the world of Reading Football Club. We are still second, so let's put it in some perspective here straight away. Well, I'm saying second. I think we'll probably end up there. But to help me talk through another 3-0 home defeat, I've been joined by Sam Stevenson. Hi, Sam. Hello. And I've also been joined by Alex Emerson. Hi, Alex. Afternoon, Paul. Yeah, it's quite quite downbeat. It's pretty down. It? Yeah, I'm not not really feeling it. <laughs> no. Sorry, everyone, but like that's honest honest answer, right? No, no. actually, the, the American election might have come at the perfect time because like, we've been so distracted by that that the two results this week haven't registered as much as they normally would have. Oh, they definitely registered with me, Sam. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's the problem. No, it's, it's all well and good trying to well hide the fight. Fact that we've conceded is it 11 goals now? 12. 12. 12. Yeah, I just really want to swear. 11 in the last week. Yeah, 11. Is it 11? In the last no, week. 10 in the last week. I don't know. I've lost count. Yeah, it's just horrible. It's just absolutely grim. And the worst thing about it, Sam, isn't it? That we don't even make it hard for the opposition, do we? And the prime example today being the first two goals. No, I mean, we. we... We effectively were the, the masters of our own downfall today. We um, oh, The first 20 minutes or so, I thought we were the better team. Um, in fact, most of the first half, I thought for, for large parts of it, we controlled the game. But yeah, um, we effectively assisted all their goals. Um, and that, that, was, that was why we lost today. Um, it's, it's very, very frustrating to watch. And then we couldn't break them down at the other end. So, you know. It's a, pattern. it's a pattern, isn't it, Sam? It's building slowly, and you could have slided that match into any of our last three matches, season, sorry, and that's a worry, Alex. Kind of, you look at the defending for the first goal, Estevez, he is young, as I mentioned on the periscope, so I'm not going to pull him apart here, but he's had a shock in there, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a really basic header. You've, you, you just put it out of danger, don't don't put it back into the centre of the box. Um, it's just one of the basics of defending. Um, I, I mean, I did question what he was really doing in the box at that point anyway, given he was playing kind of right wing, right forward uh, during the first half. I'm not quite sure how he found himself defending the back post from across. Um, I haven't actually rewatched the goal yet, but I don't know where Yedon was for the goal. I'm surprised that Estevez has kind of found himself in that position. But he almost seems like he's surprised that the ball's come through to him and the header back across the penalty area is probably the one place you just shouldn't be putting it uh, as you say he is 18 it's tough to kind of rip him completely for it but you know as soon as you make that mistake if Stoke do capitalise on it and they did today you're going to make the game so much tougher for yourself on that kind of error 
Tyrese Campbell is the player you don't want it to fall to there really isn't it I mean he's I think he's going to be a quality player um, he didn't do anything amazing exceptional today because he didn't really need to did he I mean he did hit the post very early in the second half but the second goal now Raphael kicking the ball out is a major worry for me when he attempts these clever passes Sam it just spreads fear in my body he did one in, in the first half just before that and he was absolutely fine you think one of them's going to go wrong isn't it yeah definitely and and, and actually um, I've been really confused personally all season about what the plan is you know when, when we're looking to build from the back because we seem to have this tendency to, to build from the back play around with it and then suddenly just punt it long um, and whether that's Raphael kicking it long and it has resulted in a couple of goals this season and last season you know don't get me wrong but um, yeah I've been really worried about Raphael's distribution when kicking it long he's had quite a few attempts to like play it long and it's kind of almost p-rolled up to the halfway line this season as well I just don't think he's that great at, at, at getting rid of the ball Um and so, yeah, I, I'm just confused about the whole thing. I don't know why he tried to do that at that point because he wasn't under a significant amount of pressure. Um, but yeah, we just we just kind of switched off again, and and it was a snapshot goal, and it's frustrating. But it definitely came from from that feeling and need that we need to find that pass for whatever reason. But but like I said, it's just it's just strange that we'll do that in our own half and then as soon as we're in a position where we might have a bit of time and space we'll try and pump the ball over the top to jail. Um the, the problem I found with us playing it around at the back is that we're relying on Raphael as a goalkeeper to be able to make these kind of you know 20 yard passes or, or 30 yard passes out from his own area um, when we're playing it short and I know he was brought in as a keeper to kind of play with his feet or I say play with his feet you know you know what I mean he's meant to be a good keeper good keeper with the ball at his feet but I, I really think there's a, a massive amount of um, maybe overratedness for him, from him for his distribution I'm not sure his distribution is all that impressive um, maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm you know maybe I see it completely differently to, to most Reading fans but I don't think his distribution is anything particularly special um, he's not a bad keeper don't get me wrong but you're, you know, he's one of the most experienced players in the team. To make a mistake when you're one nil down, so shortly after going one nil down as well, you're making a mistake when Stoke have put you under, or Stoke have put the defence under a lot of pressure there as well at one nil down. They're very high up the field, got numerous players there in our defensive third. Um, it's not as if it's just Stephen Fletcher there stood on his own. It, there was m- multiple players. Nick Powell was there, Campbell was there. Um, I think McLean was up there as well. And you know, as soon as you as soon as you perform a pass which isn't um, accurate, and Sky said it on on the commentary, it was five yards away from where we needed to be putting it. It wasn't it wasn't even giving um, was it Richards he was passing to? I think yeah, it wasn't even giving Richards a, a chance to get to the ball. Like he wasn't going to get there even if it had been a, a yard closer or two yards closer because it was so so inaccurate. Um, and I don't really think. I know that people pointed out Morrison was off, like keeping the player on side when the ball went through. But I, like I personally, I wouldn't give Morrison any blame to that at all. I think it's um, you know if, if if you're playing the ball around the back like that, Morrison is going to be quite deep because you played the ball so short to begin with. 
Um, I wouldn't expect Morrison to to have you know expected Raphael to give the ball away. So it's it, I think it would be it would be very harsh to put any particular blame on Morrison for the goal. So um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where they need to go back to the drawing board a bit um, when we're playing with the ball in our defensive third because that wasn't the only time today when we got caught out in possession and yes that one was Raphael's fault but there was multiple players who did it today and it's it's something that they've got to cut out if they're going to be able to um, you know they're going to be able to cut these individual errors out they're going to have to have to work out a way to, to move the ball faster out of the defensive third This is across the field as well isn't it because I remember back to that Wickham game and, and how poor we were and the amount of misplaced passes. And that wasn't... I mean, Raphael's kicking wasn't great in that game either, but it obviously didn't cost us. But you were seeing players, you know, misplaced passes by five or more yards regularly across the field. And even today, there were a few that went out for throws, um, uncontested, you know. And I don't know whether it is just fatigue. I know people have been talking about that quite a lot with so many injuries in key positions, whether we've just got players that are tired. I mean, obviously, Winamota and Laurent are playing every game and they are very high energy. And at times, you'd expect them at some point to kind of have that mental drain and maybe get a bit of tunnel vision and not see the pass as well as they should. But it it is becoming more prevalent um, and more noticeable game by game. You're just seeing players not on the same wavelength. and yeah, I wonder whether, you know, focusing on Raphael today, obviously he caused the issue, but I just wonder whether there is, this is going to become more of an issue as we go forward, um, just because it seems to be happening week in, week out at the moment. I want to be upbeat. I really do. I really do want to be upbeat. And our situation is not terrible. Um, at all. We've still had a decent start and we are missing lots of key players. If this was the first team that won all those matches, I'd be saying, whoa, this is a real issue. Why have we suddenly fallen off even with Mate Swift, Ijaria, and all the others are more in the team? But come on, the way that we are collapsing in matches, we can we did it at Coventry. We can see the second goal, third one comes quickly. We did it again against Preston. Quick goals. We did it again today. This is a sign of a team that mentally, it's got it hasn't got they, the they, they switch off. They switch yeah. off when they concede. Um, they and they they just seem to have the assumption that they're going to get back into the game, or not even maybe the assumption they're going to get back into, it, but they have the assumption that the other team isn't going to go forwards and try and score again so quickly afterwards. I don't even know if they have the assumption they're going to score, Alex. I think even worse than that, I think it looks to me like they think they're not going to get anything out of the game. I think it hits them really hard. But what do you think on that, Sam? I just think we get stuck between... Um, that, that That could possibly answer the question as to why we keep playing long balls. I think we get stuck between trying to stick to the game plan um, and possibly panicking a bit and just thinking, we got Zhao up there, we can pump balls up to him and then hopefully something will come off. Um, but because it's happening week in, week out, you'd like to think Panovic will be saying to the players, stop doing this, like stick to the game plan. And today, to be fair, um, while there were a few long balls over the top, it didn't feel quite as prevalent as it has been in recent weeks. The problem today was that Stoke did such a great job of sitting back in, you know, what, 10, 10 men behind the ball pretty much. And 
and stifling us. I mean, they didn't um, they didn't need to do anything else, though, did they? Because we we'd already handed them the game by the end of the first half, sure. and it's why the second it's why the second half was, you know, we we could have we could still be out there now and we wouldn't have scored. Stoke sure. Stoke didn't have to do anything in the second half to to, to hold that game. Um, we we didn't, you know, we never looked threatening in the second half, despite the fact that we were in there we were in the their defensive third pretty much for 40 minutes I would say of the second half and we didn't really create any big chances I no, mean Jao didn't touch the ball in the box the entire yeah, game yeah no and that, that that's a worry um, I don't think Pushkas was great either um, but again people always give Pushkas a bit of an out and say we're maybe not playing to his style I don't really know whether that's the case or not but ultimately like even bringing on Elise and, and Aluko later on in the game, it just felt a little bit desperate. Um, they're more technical players, and you might think that they might be able to play between the lines slightly better, find the space. But even doing that, like it doesn't work if you're not using the players you brought on. And Elise basically ended up just being brought on to pump balls into the box. All he seemed to be doing was crossing the ball. There wasn't any link-up play whatsoever. Um the the only exception to that I will give is Elise's pass into well I think it was meant to be into Bulldog and it ended up like or not into yeah. Bulldog it was meant to be into Zhao and it ended up bouncing up over to Bulldog and, and Bulldog's managed to put it wide from like nine it, yards or something. That's it. But I would say the major issue was just our lack of concentration when crossing the ball. Okay, if a team's yeah. going to sit deep. We could not cross the ball, and so many times we had opportunities to cross the ball, and the ball didn't even stay on the pitch. But the ball didn't stay on the pitch. There were two or three good yeah. crosses, and we I, didn't. There were some, but out of a percentage, I mean, we had seventy percent possession almost. This is, this is where the problem lies. Because you look at the back, and we're focusing on the defensive side, but then Rich is putting an amazing cross in the first half, and no yes. one attacked it. Um, you had the ball that was crossed into Gibson and he just couldn't control it. You had the ball that came to Bulldog and he snapped at it and it went wide. Yeah. Um, I know it was a harder, a, a harder chance. That was hard, yeah. But, like, there were balls coming into the box that weren't dreadful um, and we still struggled to do that much with them. And so, yes, the crossing wasn't great, but the crosses that came in that were were solid, we wasted. So I think in in some respects, you do need to look at at least a little bit at the players up front and say, not only did they struggle to break the play, the other teams down, but earlier in the season, Jao was getting one chance a game and scoring. Now he's getting, well, he's not even in the box. Don't, don't, don't want to bring it up, but uh, dreaded the dreaded words would probably be conversion rate regression and we're falling we're falling back no, to being no, average no 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 we're not going there <laughs> we're not going there we're ignoring that yeah but the one cross that i think possibly changed the match we'll never know because even if samedo had scored that very early in the game yeah we could still have lost this game we were defensively a shambles but the confidence you get from that first goal it could have turned it around. You just never know, do you? We could have gone on and got another quick goal. But people I put on Twitter that it was a sitter. Now, for me, he's got to get that on target. It's like jowled in the week with a free header. If you don't even get it on target, kind of like, you know, he gets it on target. It's just an easy save, this one. I'm, I'm getting them confused in my brain. It's, it's just not good enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that Samedo's headed it straight into the floor as well. He's not, like, for me, that chance when Samedo has that in the first half 
it's the ideal opportunity or the ideal kind of um, chance there to, to put it across the keeper. You need to make the keeper work at that with that kind of opportunity. You you he's basically a free header. Um, he's found himself in a lot of space, and it's a very good run by Semedo to get there. But he's done it's such a weak header. He's just put it straight into the ground, and it's just bounced up straight to the keeper. Basically, it's a very easy save for um, for Gunn, and you you've got to do better when you get these kind of you know good opportunities. Maybe like I, I probably don't agree that it's a sitter ball, but it's. It's certainly a decent chance, all the same, and you've at least got to be testing the keeper. If you're heading it straight at him and he's making an easy save like that, like it's it, that's that's not good enough. Um, and and Semedo is a player who's kind of just he floats through games a little bit. I don't I don't think he necessarily does anything particularly bad, but then we get to do the podcast or we get to after the games at the minute, and I'm thinking I can't really think of anything particularly good Semedo has done either. If that makes sense, for the first fifteen minutes, he was good. But like now, I try and think back, and I was like, "What's he actually done though during those fifteen minutes?" Like, he had a header on goal, and after that, I really struggled to kind of think of things he's actually done in the game. And I'm, I have to say, I'm quite surprised that he started today ahead of Elise. Um, I think Elise is is better in that number ten role than Semedo, and. It, One thing I'll say about Elise today is radar was completely off um, on a lot of situations. Um, some of his shots today mm. were uh, not good. just not great. And he'll come back. I'm, I'm very confident on that. But that was, I don't know, if you were to look at who actually probably did more when they came on, and it was very limited, probably Luke looked a little bit better, I, which no, is a statement I thought I didn't think I'd make, Sam. Not really. I've, I've always, I mean, we brought him in as a player that was obviously maybe not flying but playing very well for Fulham and didn't get the best out of him in, in his first couple of seasons and then he went out on loan there's obviously a good player in there it doesn't surprise me that like being in a team that can somewhat pass the ball and make runs and is a little bit more creative he's actually finding some joy um, but I mean ultimately for me um you know, Aluko came on and it felt a little bit desperate bringing him on because we were trying to find that space, like I said earlier on. But I really do want to stress that for me, I, I, I know we're not converting chances, but ultimately, like, when you look at the last two games and the chances that we haven't scored, um, you've got to say that arguably the strikers or the players up top deserve almost as much criticism as the players at the back. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, no, no, I, I agree. I think that. it'll be overlooked. I don't think people will talk about that because it's so easy to look at the mistakes we made today and say yeah. they cost the game. But actually, if we put some of those chances away early doors, mm. I don't think we can see those chances, or maybe don't concede those chances later on, right? Um, it changes the whole dynamic of the game. And, and now that we've seen that twice in a row... It's funny, you come away from it and it that that you know, you when you were saying, Oh, let's not try to be too negative, like for me, that's one of the very few positives that we are still creating chances and we've come away from two games in a row and said that easily could have been two, three nil the other way. Um quite easily. I'm not so sure today though. I'm well, not so sure today. Um, I feel today was more kind of like we did have some chances, but not like the Preston match when we had really clear yeah, chances. No. I agree, but we had chances early on and we also had a couple of clear chances. Again, I highlighted the Gibson chance. The Should have had a penalty as well. Like, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you 
you put one of them away early and then maybe get one in the second half and a draw looks okay, right? Um, yeah. It's, that's, kind of, that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's not to say that we played well today or better than we did midweek. Mm. If you're looking for any kind of positive, it's that at least Panovic can look at that game and say, okay, creativity isn't, it's not great, but at least we are creating some chances in the game. Well, according um, to Panovic, we've been a better team. I don't don't buy that one at all. We haven't been. The, we definitely weren't the better team today. We had seventy no. percent of the ball, and we've created not a lot. I mean, Sam's pointed out a few chances, like they're half chances because we haven't actually had the shot shot at goal from them particularly. Um, but there's no way we were the better team overall today. Um, was it two uh, shots for Gunn to save today? Uh, the Semedo uh, one and the Luca one right near the end. Yeah, uh, target, I believe. It's it's the, the the thing is saying saying better team and worse team is is so uh, it, it requires so much context that it's it's almost an irrelevant statement, right? It, ha, like for for us as fans, we can watch the game and say, well, there's no way we were the better team. We've lost three 0 We've made individual errors and we haven't converted any of the half chances or you know decent chances that we've had today um, yes we might have passed the ball around well and yes we managed to put a lot of crosses into the box but we haven't actually done what football the whole point of football is which is to not concede goals and to score goals at the right end so you know better team is so it's such a contextualised or you need so much context behind it that it's difficult to actually you know agree with him um, with that and again it's the same with the Preston game it's like yes perhaps we were Perhaps we were maybe not unfortunate to lose, but perhaps we shouldn't have been beaten three 0 um, But were we the better team? It's like it's. If you replace better team with the word control, though, like yes, and then it becomes completely. It's a completely different yeah, sentence. Different. I agree. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I wonder yeah, whether do that for today. Yes, sure. but the yeah, fact I mean, is that people are saying after the game and during the game that they think they've played well today, Reading, which is fair enough for everyone has their own way of looking at it. And uh, but I. I can't agree with that because if you can't defend, you can't have played well because defending is 50% of the game. It's yeah. not just about how you look going forward. Um, Lewis Gibson comes in today, third goal, <sighs> calamity, an absolute calamity. I mean, if I would have been him, would you have bothered running to save that third goal there, Sam, or would you have just pulled up with a little bit of cramp in your leg? Because... When he hit that post, I'm sure it hurt and everything. I've no doubt on that. I've never run into a goalpost and I don't want to do that. Um, I feel that maybe he stayed down a little bit out of embarrassment there as well. Quite possibly. I mean, um, it was it was poor, but fortunately, like, while it dents our goal difference slightly, um, it didn't really have any bearing on the game. The thing I would say in regards to that is I really want Gibson to turn it around because I mean you remember back to the Virginia days um, and you think that was a young kid very young kid coming into the team and getting absolutely slated by the fans Gibson is also young not quite as young as that but he's only 20 um, he's got a bit of experience a bit more experience than than Virginia had at the time but yeah I mean ultimately it was, a, it was a, a goal at the end of a game we hadn't played very well in nobody had concentrated particularly well doesn't matter that much and I'd say, obviously, when Moore's back, you put Moore and Morrison back together. But until then, you know, it, it's, it's a toss-up, really, isn't it? Because you could argue that Gibson still played better today than McIntyre did during the week. You could argue the other way if you want to look at it 
you know, however you want to analyse the game. It makes, it makes no but, real difference, though, does it, Sam? Yeah, neither like, of them. They, played neither well. of them played well, and both of them made errors relating to goals in in both games. So uh, I would if, say if Moore's, if Gibson Moore's not, they had a better performance today, though, than McIntyre. Uh, I think McIntyre's McIntyre's mistakes were probably more obvious. I would say for the goals, um, which yeah, relate relates directly to his performance. Maybe we'll see Tom Holmes if Liam Moore's not fit in two mm. weeks' time. Who knows? Um, that's worrying, isn't it? That you're like rotating. Yeah, we, so we, that's that is. It's worrying that we don't have a solid third and fourth choice centre back, which we know. We, like we know, last season we knew it was always going to be one of uh, the three would always be more Morrison and Miazga. That would be your first three. This season, at the minute, it's more Morrison and then third choice. It's kind of like well, it's whichever of them performs better in training during the week, uh, we'll get on the field. Which is yeah. that? That's that's a little concerning at the minute. It's 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 almost like we're, you know, I don't want to say we lack, lack depth there because we do actually have five, you know, five players who could play centre back. But it's um, maybe just a tad concerning at the minute. Uh, but you know, it's difficult to kind of write Gibson off. He's played one game. No, so. oh no, no, definitely not Gibson. I I think um, that's a player who also hasn't played for months and months. Yeah, he hasn't played. Since, no, he hasn't played. A, he hasn't played a match of football since February. Yeah, so let's. I wouldn't. Not, not I don't see lots of things today that sent off like massive sirens in my head. Or oh, this is not a good moment. Not a good player. Just the last moment when when probably mental and physical fatigue came into it for him. He's kind of slightly switched off at the end of the match. He knows the game's lost. I know as a fan, you think, oh, he shouldn't do that. But come on. At least he chased it back. Yes, Which he is did. More to he be did. Said, it's more, more to be said than other players in recent times, not naming any names. <laughs> not naming yeah. any names. No. There are a couple of things I want to bring up, if it's all right, just because I don't want to gloss over them. One of them, the first one I'll bring up is that I wanted to know whether you guys thought we should have had a penalty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a penalty. It to be like it was a double, you know, a penalty. challenge and also a shirt pull at the same time. It, it also looked like handball, uh, yeah. to be honest. It looks it like it bounces off the, I don't know which Stoke player it is, but it looks like it bounces off the Stoke player's arm, down in towards Morrison, who's tackled by Nick Powell with a two-foot tackle, which looks like a penalty. And then Morrison's pulled over from a shirt ball. Um, how the referees, the referee is bent down, like at the right level to be able to see it. It's not like he, he would have missed the tackle. And then he's missed the shirt pull as well. I understand there's a lot of players there, but how has he missed all three of them? It, it, yeah. And the linesman's missed them as well. It's like it, that one really surprised me that they've missed all three. Um, yeah, I, don't I can't think, blame the ref today, though. No, it, it doesn't change the game. Them. Like it, it doesn't. Tra- it maybe it changes the game overall, but it doesn't. Mm, you know, I don't own. think it changes the the overall kind of perspective. If we scored a penalty, we you know we still probably would have struggled to get back into the game given how we were playing in the second half. So, um, but yeah, it definitely should. We definitely should have had a penalty. Um, and the other thing I wanted to bring up and just ask the question and this might be me trying to make something out of nothing but do you think Stoke would have got anything out of the game without the effective assist that we gave them? No. Like, no. I don't think they create no. much in open play at all. Um, no, that's the most annoying thing about it, Sam, is the fact that we've just given it away. Stoke didn't have to work hard to get that win that we just gave it to them on the plates. And that's the most frustrating thing. And we did the same against Preston as well. As a manager, you'd look at you look at a team like Reading, high flying, all that stuff, and you'd say, right, if we can get a goal and then sit back and defend, we'll win this game. We'll see it out. 
um, they got three, like, um, and we gave all of them away. And and the third one I'll discount slightly because, like I said, the game was already gone at that point. But as soon as as soon as we went in at halftime two 0 down, it just felt like all their managers to do at halftime is say, you know, one of you one of you push forward as soon as you clear the ball. Otherwise, just sit behind it, you know, two banks, um, and just try and frustrate them. They, and they they capitalised on the mistakes, didn't they? And Preston did exactly the same in midweek. They capitalised on every mistake we made, and we didn't. We weren't able to to force the opposition into any mistakes. And um, I mean, I said it to Paul while we were watching the game, and it, Stoke didn't create anything really. And yes, I know they scored three goals, but they didn't create any actual chances of their own doing. It's all of those chances have come from our our mistakes. Even I mean, even the Yeardum, um loss of possession at the start of the second half when Campbell hits the post, that's come from us losing the ball in our defensive third. They're all goals which could have been avoided, all chances which could have been avoided again. And um, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating because defensively then you say, oh, well, if you don't give those chances up, then defensively actually maybe we're solid. And obviously it's, you know, it's a wider conversation around that. And probably not the case that you can just uh, assume that we're going to be good defensively if we don't give those chances up because Stoke obviously play a very different style of game but it's very frustrating to concede three goals when they haven't really attacked and been that good going forward Stoke they've basically just sat there and, and waited for Reading to make a mistake yeah it's been quite a depressing uh, podcast, this one, so uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Trying to bring it slightly upbeat. We are still top of the league as we record this, and we'll also have a bonus podcast coming out for you next week, an Adam Lafondra one, which we really enjoyed recording. That will be out early next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. So thank you for listening. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you're a hero, a legend. And uh, I will send you a huge amount of money in the future. That is another blatant lie from the Trump world. <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening. Cheers.